Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Lee Hardman, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG. It's Friday 19th January 2024 and joining Lee to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Simon Mays, Head of UK, Ireland and Switzerland, Corporate Sales in London. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi Lee, really great to see you. Thanks very much uh, for joining me. Um, I just wanted to pick your brain on what seems to be the, the key theme in FX markets so far the dollar rebound at the start of the year. So what do you think have been the main driver of that? Yeah, hi, Simon. Yeah, like we saw at the end of last year, we saw the dollar uh, weaken sharply as market participants got excited about earlier and deeper cuts from the Fed this year. Um, and as we were saying at the time, we thought the dollar was kind of overshooting in terms of the sell-off at the end of last year. And as we'd kind of expected, it's starting to, to rebound now as it sort of corrects that it, from those kind of oversold levels. Uh, fundamentally, there are kind of two main triggers why the dollar is, is is rebounding at the start of this year. One is, again, Fed-related. So as we've seen really over the past week or so, markets now starting to question whether the Fed will cut rates as soon as at the uh, March policy meeting. So at the end of last year, the market was pretty much fully priced in for a, a 25 basis point cut in March, whereas now, that's moved kind of closer to kind of 50-50 pricing, which to us makes sense. I don't think it's necessarily a, a done deal that the Fed will, will cut as soon as March. It could could be delayed somewhat into, into Q2. Um, like we still think the fundamental reason for them to lower rates this year is the sharp slowdown that we're seeing in inflation in the US. That to us still holds. In the week ahead, we should get the PCE deflator data for December, and we're expecting another softer print in in, in December, which should provide kind of confirmation there that core inflation in the US has slowed back towards the Fed's 2% target in, in the second half of, of last year, which to us, it basically gives the Fed certainly justification to make policy rates less restrictive. I certainly don't think the Fed needs to keep rates as high as 5% if inflation is falling back towards 2% this year. So do you think inflation is still the key focus of the uh, of the Fed, or is it starting to move now towards uh, the other metrics, uh, growth, etc.? Yeah, like the Fed, I guess, in their ideal scenario, which they're becoming more optimistic about, is that the Fed can achieve slowing inflation back towards targets uh, with the, without the economy having to slow more sharply and fall into a recession. That kind of softer landing scenario is becoming more realistic or certainly based on the data that we've had over the last two to three months should give the Fed more confidence that we're heading in that trajectory. So yeah, this week, I guess the other story, which has kind of helped support the dollar is just evidence coming through still that the US economy is is proving uh, more resilient than expected. Um, certainly the retail sales data for December suggests that consumer spending and uh, GDP growth um, slowed less than people thought at the end of, of last year. So I don't think that in itself is an impediment which would, would stop the Fed from from cutting rates if inflation falls back towards their two percent target. But it certainly makes the market question whether they'll, they'll cut rates as soon as, as soon as March. Uh, and then the second reason as well, obviously, why the dollar is, is bouncing back is is what's happening outside of the US. So again, there's more focus on 
the weakness in growth uh, in Europe and in China at the start of this year. It's the latest data from Europe suggesting that there's still a heightened risk that Eurozone and the UK economies may have fallen into technical recession uh, in the second half of, of last year. And Chinese data as well was was mixed for December um, and, and the Q4 data showing GDP growth uh, lost upward momentum at the end of last year. So even though we've had a lot of stimulus in China, there's still doubts about whether it can continue to grow at, at stronger rates this year. So that, that's certainly contributing towards a very negative sentiment uh, towards Chinese assets where we've seen the equity market there in China drop to, to fresh lows this week. Thank you. So looking ahead then, what do you think are going to be the uh, the key events uh, in the week ahead? Yeah, and this week is going to be an important one for G10 central banks who've got the uh, policy meetings from BOJ, Bank of Canada, Norges Bank and, and the ECB. Um, like we've been saying, I think for the BOJ, the policy meetings looking like it's going to be less of a market mover now. Um, we had previously been anticipating that the BOJ could have raise rates next week and move rates out to negative territory but we've changed our view based on developments over the last couple of weeks and we now think they're more likely to delay that exit from negative rates until at least the uh, april policy meeting um certainly the uh, comments from governor awada in recent weeks have suggested that they're unlikely to have enough uh, fresh information to give them more confidence that uh, wage growth can be sustained at high levels uh, in the upcoming fiscal year. So unlikely to make the step to move out of negative rates next week. And additionally, uh, given the BOJ's caution, um, obviously with the earthquake hitting Japan as well, and they're having the adding to the uncertainty over the near-term growth outlook, it's probably just another reason why the BOJ won't make the important step away from negative rates. Like We still think that is the direction of travel for them to, to raise rates, but I think they need to still see uh, or have more confidence that stronger wage growth can be maintained going forward. Um, and then for the other policy meetings, like you said, we think the message from Bank of Canada and ECB next week is going to still be uh, relatively hawkish, though could disappoint market expectations for uh, earlier rate cuts from, from those central banks. I think certainly we've had a lot of um, uh, rhetoric from ECB policymakers over the last couple of weeks. And it's been very clear that they have a very kind of unified message where they're sending a strong signal that they think markets are premature in terms of pricing in in uh, rate cuts at this point in, in time. And that uh, we even had uh, President Lagarde making the unusual step to basically say that we should expect the first rate cut by the summer. So that would suggest that Probably June is the earliest point for a, a rate cut at this point in time, which I guess, like I say, would disappoint some people because if you look at the economic data in Europe, you could probably argue that there's a stronger case for them to, to move sooner than the Fed. Um, so like I say, the economy may have already fallen into technical recession. And if you look at the uh, kind of seasonally adjusted uh, CPI measures from the ECB, they're already suggesting that uh, inflation may have fallen back close to 2% in the second half of last year. And, uh, and finally, we've released our weekly FX report. So any new trade ideas for us to look at? Yeah, this week we are adding or recommending a new long Euro, uh, dollar Swiss trade position. Um, two kind of main reasons for that. One is to try to take advantage of the potential for the dollar rebound to extend further in, in the coming weeks. And the second one is that obviously one of the big stories at the end of last year in the FX market was the, the, the sharp pace of of uh, Swiss franc appreciation, um, where we saw an outsized 
uh, strengthening of, of the franc. And interestingly, this week we heard SNB President Jordan come out and signal that he was particularly concerned by the the the, the, the size of the uh, the move for the Swiss franc at the end of last year. So it certainly looks like they're displaying more concern now over Swiss franc strength and. To us, that makes sense from a fundamental point of view as well. I think inflation in Switzerland has slowed back towards the S&B's target, so there's there's less tolerance for, for a, a stronger franc to uh, help keep inflation in check now going going forward. So while we don't expect them to come into the market and intervene immediately to try and weaken the franc again, uh, there is obviously the risk that they could do that if, if it remains too strong. Uh, and alternatively, other option would be to potentially uh, cut rates ahead of the ECB and Fed maybe as early as the, the March meeting. So I think that kind of speculation as well could also contribute to some further uh, weakness in the franc going forward. Thank you very much for your thoughts and have a good weekend. You too, Simon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.